911, what's the nature of your emergency? Welcome back to the Tactical Living Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Walton. And in today's episode, I thought we could talk about why social distancing is actually making this lockdown even worse. So just sit back, relax, and enjoy today's content. I've worked with a client for the entire year. This is a local client of mine. Um, Before this whole social distancing started to take place, we were doing our sessions in person. And now, of course, in the limelight of things, we've had to adjust and do our calls remotely. This particular individual is probably one of the most difficult clients that I have ever worked with. And I'm saying that because she was in such a dark place that it borderlined whether or not what she needed was even something I was able to provide. After working together, took about five weeks or so, she started to see incredible changes in her life. The things that she was experiencing, she was able to sift through. She was able to gain clarity on what it is that she wanted. She was able to understand that everything that she thought was wrong in her world, the fingers she was pointing at everyone else, it actually had everything to do with her. Last week, I was able to see her in person for the very first time in months. This was something unexpected, and we actually didn't meet each other to do our session in person. Instead, it was an exchange of something. The two of us coming together to hand off something to one another, and the exchange lasted about five minutes. And during that exchange, amongst the small talk, I noticed that she was standing there. She had her mask on. It's very hard to read nonverbal signs right now with everybody wearing masks. But I could tell by the look in her eyes that there was something, something there, something unspoken. And there was this long, awkward pause of us just standing there. Not six feet apart, if I'm honest. (laughs) And I asked her, do you want a hug? And to see the tears instantly welt up in her eyes and her come to me and hold me, it was something completely unexpected. And I don't even know where that question came from. But I knew that her just standing there in this awkward silence, there was something more that she needed. She was silently asking for something. And so I hugged her. And I remember her pulling back And the look in her eyes and her shoulders sinking down and this huge sense of relief that I could see coming off of her. And so I asked, what just happened? And she shared with me that everyone in her home wants nothing to do with physical touch. They have not left the house. And I'm talking at all. Everything that they need, they've had delivered. They decon everything as is being recommended. And she's essentially been confined to her room because her whole family wants nothing to do with one another, even though none of them have left the house for months. She lives with her mom and dad at this time, and all that they're doing is watching the news. 
and they see all of the scare and they're terrified. And for her, she's been drilled constantly about the things that she can and can't do. And what this has also led to is somebody whose primary love language, and this does not have to be within just an intimate relationship. I'm just talking relationships as a whole. Her primary love language is physical touch. And yet she's been going through one of the most difficult transitions in her life right now. And she hasn't had any physical touch in months. Not a hug from her mom. Not a grab on the shoulder from her dad. No intimacy, no relationships. It's just been her. So as the two of us have been working together, she's found solstice in having our sessions as an outlet, and I couldn't be more honored. But the reason I share this is because I could see how detrimental this social distancing has been for her. She's used to going out and seeing friends on a weekly, mostly daily basis, hugging her friends, hanging out with people. And she hasn't had that. As you listen to this, there's actually something called the cuddle hormone, and it's oxytocin. And when we hug somebody, oxytocin is released from our bodies, and it gives us that feel-good feeling. As you sit there, Maybe you're lucky enough to have shared in this quarantine with your family. And maybe as you sit there listening to this, you're not so lucky. And you're one of the people who stays home or you go from work to home. But think about what it would be like to not hug and and touch your family, to not have your husband or your wife or your kids, and to just be completely alone and to feel even more alone Because the people that you're used to sharing this with, they're scared to touch you. Now, I'm not going to go into whether or not I think that we've gone overboard when it comes to this whole social distancing. That's for you to discover. But what I do know is that this social distancing is having such detrimental effects on us and we're not even being educated on it. If I were the one in charge of the publications for everything that we see on the media, I would make mention of these sorts of things. I would try to remedy that. What would be the solution? I'm not so sure. But maybe if we were to decide how to safely come into contact with one another, then it would be something more important for the next wave should it happen. I did read that we're expected to have a dark winter. What does that mean? Well, It could mean that this whole lockdown that we've experienced could happen again, but tenfold. Could you imagine that happening? Could you imagine somebody like my client having to go through this in the winter, which is already gloomy and already makes so many people depressed? No sunlight. It gets cold. Some areas it snows. And to have to go through something like this again and to not have any physical touch with anybody. You see, for me... I've actually gone against the social distancing order and um, I have had the honor of being able to share those hugs. And of course, I didn't go overboard, but I did see friends one time (laughs) during these past, what is it now, three months or so. 
And I'm starting to think back and I can also see my dad, for example. There was a point where I didn't see him for almost two months because he was sick. And everything that I needed to do in order to care for him, I was having to do remotely. And I started to see the depression set in for him. I started to see the tone in his voice. He started to share with me how difficult it was for him to sleep. He also started to talk about other ailments that started to come up when they, they had no probable cause. And I know that it was the depression. And I know for him, being secluded in his home alone, it kills him. After my mom passing away, his loneliness started to take over his life. And it took a long time for him to start to come out of that. So when something on the outside like this happens, it's no wonder that it becomes a huge trigger for him and inadvertently an incredible setback. And I can't imagine going forward throughout this year and having to have this happen again to him. Now, as you listen, some people, this hasn't changed their lives at all. I know a lot of people like that. Clint and I are most certainly of that nature. We stay home most of the time anyways. But for other people like my dad or like my client, they need social interaction and not social distancing. So what can you do to pre-plan? I think it's important as we wrap up this episode to start to think, if the government takes control of my life again, and yes, I will word it that way, what hardships have I gone through this time that I don't want to go through again? And how can I prepare for that? And start to consider these things. And this is not to stir up any fear. It is my hope that instead you take back some of your personal power. And you start to implement some tactics now. That way, if this does happen again, and we do have to suffer through a dark winter, that you know that you don't have to do it alone. 